Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get started. Here's our panel. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in studio, John Turley-Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. Good to have you here, John. Good afternoon, John. Thank you. Dan Moulton, a consultant that's Crestview Strategy. That's a public affairs agency and a former advisor in the McGinty and Wynn governments. How's Dan? I'm doing well, John. Feels like spring out there. Well, it is. Uh, it is day one of spring. And uh, don't try to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie Eves, rounding out the panel, former premier and finance minister. How's Ernie? I'm great. And at 558, I'll be even better because it will officially be spring. Oh, okay, and we'll be out the door. Uh, <laughs> You're sending us out home early. So that's the bonus round. Well, listen, you know, you were a finance minister, so you've got to answer definitively for me the overarching question. We're $19.8 billion in the hole. That's the deficit, as announced by Mr. Morneau yesterday. Uh, but, you know, I recall the fateful words back in 2015 that a budget can balance itself. Can it ever balance itself, Ernie? <laughs> Not unless you have wow. one hell of a lot of growth in the Float, GDP. I mean, the hardballs, John. That was tough. I mean, you'd have to have double-digit GDP growth for it to balance itself, really. I mean, when when we were in government between, uh, what, 95 and 2001, when I was the finance minister, we were very fortunate in that we had several years where the GDP growth was between about 35 4.5%. I think one year it was even 5%. So, you know, that... Quite frankly, that gives you a lot of latitude to do a lot of things. What did concern me a little bit about yesterday's budget was that the current federal government is saying, well, we predict growth of 1.8% next year, when in Bay Street, the consensus is 1.2 or 1.3. And in the first quarter, the growth was 0.4. That means the next quarter, it will have to be 3.2 to get to the 1.8 average that they're predicting it's going to be. I think it's a little bit of overly optimistic things. Obviously, they want to leave the impression that things are rolling along great under the current federal government and that the economy is just going to keep on going and it's because of all these great things and money we've spent and that's why it's doing it. You know, part of that may be true, but you, you also can be in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. There are many, many factors that go into uh, whether your economy is performing well or not, some of which the government can control, some of which, quite frankly, it can't control. Well, and all these variables in the equation, I mean, uh, let me turn to John then. How important is it to even balance the budget? I mean, why is that a necessity? Greece. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, that's what structural deficits uh, create. They create um, situations where countries uh, have to be bailed out. Uh, we, you know, in the 1990s, uh, the liberal government at that time under Kretchen, uh, after the Wall Street Journal accused Canada of heading down the road of becoming a banana republic, turned things around and actually uh, got religion on on fiscal sanity and started, uh, you know, managing their books properly. For some reason, the current government today uh, has forgotten what uh, Mr. Kretchen learned and uh, are driving us into a situation where we have structural deficits. 
Now, look, it's not uh, horrendous, uh, uh, but we're going in the wrong direction. Well, and, you know, they say, to Ernie's point, you know, if you've got uh, growth continues and, you know, we've had, what, four or five flush years, it's been pretty good times, and they're projecting that this trajectory continues on. Uh, so deficits don't really matter. It's the debt-to-GDP ratio that sure. becomes... It well, that's, that's, that's Hang on, nonsense. Dan. Dan <laughs> wanted to walk into the trap. I was ready to get That's like a baseball team that's in last place saying, well, these stats say that we're really better than we really are. I mean, stats are, are for losers. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Dan wanted to say something. <laughs> I don't know if he still does. I, I think that was a really uh, a fair uh, and balanced answer from the former premier. And so, uh, you know, I, I certainly appreciated his, uh, his tone there. I, I would say... Um, the debt as a function of our economy is an important number. I don't think it's a statistic for losers. It is important. It's what makes Canada different than Greece and sets Greece as a different example in this situation. Greece's economy uh, had completely collapsed, and so there was an inability to service that debt. Canada is not in that position. America is not in that position. Uh, do I think that there is a structural deficit presented by the federal government at the moment? Yes and no, I, but I think that the real problem is that the revenue side of the ledger, it needs to be addressed. I don't think that the federal government is overspending. I think it's not collecting enough uh, from from businesses and from and from taxpayers. Uh, fundamentally, and I, I'm not saying this is a liberal partisan. I'm saying this is you know as a citizen, as someone who, who who cares a lot about this. I think that the taxes in this country are 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 our problem. They're a problem at the city level. They're a problem at the provincial level. They're Too a problem low? at the federal level. Too low. They're too low. I, I would say that. Yeah, I think we have a revenue problem, and that's why we find ourselves in these deficit situations. Not a spending problem. No, I, I don't think we have a spending problem. I think that this government spending on the priorities that Canadians and businesses expect them to invest in. Uh, but I do think we need to address uh, revenues on the, at the same time. And I, I can see that the, the former premier is ready to jump on me on that one. We obviously have a different perspective on taxes. Well, we do. Uh, and we and, do. and, and, and I, mean, I, I look forward to hearing his, his response. That, you know, without <laughs> trying to be too partisan, that is a typical typical liberal approach you know we we always have a revenue problem we never have a spending problem we we never know how to say no to anybody it's pretty easy to say yes to anybody that walks into your office and says hey i'd like a couple hundred million here I'd like 20 million there I'd like a couple billion to do this yeah they're all a lot of them are great ideas i don't disagree but you can only afford to do so many things at certain points in time before it becomes a serious problem and Provincially, we have the problem now where we're spending almost $13 billion a year just to service the interest on our debt. And the feds now are up to, I think it's something like $27 billion a year just to pay the interest on their debt. It's not a bad number. What do you think you could do with that $27 billion if you weren't paying it to service your debt? I want to go back to in the province of Ontario, you've heard this story before, but from 1867 to 1985, when David Peterson's government first came into being, the entire amassed debt of the province of Ontario was $48 billion. Between Mr. Peterson and Mr. Ray, they took that $48 billion to $135 billion in 10 years. We actually reduced it by four to 131. And now where is it? It's a 365 or $370 billion. Look at the amount of money we're spending every week, every month, just to service the interest on the debt. When all this really required 
was some management as to how money was being spent, making tough decisions about what we can afford and what we can't afford, and proceeding so we don't leave our kids and our grandkids with huge debt load that, quite frankly, they don't deserve because we're the ones making the decisions now. All right, but on that point of uh, debt to GDP, you know, uh, what Dan cites, we're not Greece because Greece got up to like 108% and uh, we're now around 30. The budget uh, that they promised initially would take it down to 27. This was back in 2015. Uh we're going in the, the opposite direction. Is it still sustainable, John? So so let me put it in terms that, that most listeners can can figure out. It, it would be your debt service ratio. So typically when you go to get a mortgage, you can't have a debt service ratio over 38 to 40%. Right? That's when banks say, you know what, we can't help you. The thing is, is about your debt service ratio is you want to keep it low, you have a good job, good paying job. What happens when you lose your job? What happens when uh, you have to take a lower paying job? All of a sudden, that debt service ratio goes from being 25 to being 45, 50, 60 percent. And what that ends up doing is crippling you. So what what happens when we're piling on debt in good times, like we have in the past few years, is we are less able to respond effectively in bad times when we have problems, which means our borrowing costs go up because people are not going to lend to us without getting proper return for their money because we're a higher risk. Uh, it also means that program spending has to be looked at and often cut. You're seeing the, the the Tory government do this now in Ontario. So what what is happening is, I would argue, the Trudeau government is lining us up to be ineffective when hard times do come. Well, and uh, some people are projecting that uh, we might even already be in a recession, uh, still to be determined. But, you know, Dan, you had said something about the monies that, you know, we're down into a, a deficit of $19.8 billion, but it's warranted. Stimulus spending, is that how you see it? It's warranted. It uh, makes sense long term. We'll all be the beneficiaries of that? Well, I think there are parts of this country that may be in a recession, as you say, John. I think there are, there are parts of this country that aren't feeling uh, the economic uh, boost that we seem to see in in, in Certainly here in this city, we, there, I think there's a very strong economic position. There are other parts of the country that aren't feeling that. And so there are there is a need uh, for the federal government to do its part in investing in, uh, in a stronger economy. Uh, and I think that one of the things that we saw in yesterday's budget was a number of initiatives uh, that are certainly set up for the, the coming election uh, and certainly focused on those anxieties that people are feeling, particularly in the areas of home ownership and job retraining. All right. Uh, all right. You're shaking your head, John, uh, before, because uh, I wanted to bring that up. Affordable home ownership is one of the things I wanted to address. I mean, it, obviously, it makes for good politics because uh, they're leaking millennials pretty badly in terms of uh, what aggregate polls have shown lately. Uh, so, you know, I mean, affordable home ownership, they've addressed that by dipping into RRSPs, uh, taking it from 25 up to 35,000. Home loans, uh, you're going to be pegged at prime, uh, so that's softer, softer by 2.5 percent. Well, that's the student loans. So, so oh, student loans. That was My student apologies. loans. I mean, th- so here's a key thing, right? First of all, you're taking out money out of your RSP, you have to pay it back. So you're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. So that's the first thing, right there. Second thing, who is this aimed at? I thought an affordable housing strategy was aimed at people who are low income. These are this is looking at people who make hundred thousand dollars a year, hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. What is that? You're going to actually own 10% of people's houses who are making 100000 bucks a year? Meanwhile, when you walk the streets, you got homeless? What happened to being a liberal looking after the poor? 
I mean, I, I just it's an extraordinary statement to come out of our finance minister to call this an affordable housing strategy when you have people who can't make ends meet and who are living under bridges. Well, I mean, look, it's for first-time home buyers. What? So it's a little it's bit... for middle-class, lower-middle-class people who've got jobs, and you got people who are living under bridges. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. This is trust fund financing coming from a, a, a Morneau and Trudeau. Like, you know, they think poor people. Are, are, are folks who make a hundred thousand bucks a year like they're out of touch well I think it's I think it's responsible to income test a program against household household income and don't have these is, programs is we're at 66 percent home ownership far more than what you see in Europe equal to what you have in the United States I mean really what the issue is and I would argue in Ontario is in part we have reduced the supply through our green belt policies in places like Toronto. Vancouver is a different situation because there's a natural constriction on the supply there and also from the foreign buyership program uh, before we put in restrictions. So listen, this is not a, a, this is a this is a, 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 a solution looking for a problem. If you want to talk about affordable housing, go look at go talk to John Tory. He'll walk you all around Toronto. Oh, Toronto housing significant sessions. funding in this budget for significant? affordable housing. Did I see John Tory giving high fives and doing cartwheels down the street? I actually was Absolutely at a lunch not. today. John Tory spoke with the Empire Club today at noon and congratulated the federal government on their budget and the funding for affordable housing. In particular, words out of his mouth. Look, I, Where, I think no, what okay, you're proposing, though, no, I'm interested in your proposal because you're talking about a restriction on supply here. I agree with you. There needs to be more money put into affordable housing from all three levels of government. Right. I agree with you more on that one. Right. But I don't know. I don't agree with you on the supply side of this question. Tearing up the green belt is the wrong strategy. That's not what I said. I said doing what the Liberals have done under the wind government, and that is look strategically at the green belt and see where there's areas where we can release land for development. Hmm. All right, let's come back. Uh, I wanted to pursue other matters here, more topics worthy of discussion. With our panel, Ernie Eves, John Turley Ewart, and Dan Moulton, Oakley Show continues at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.